up with me this morning. Let's just go to the Lord in prayer. We don't have to invite the presence of the Holy Spirit in here. He's already here. Hallelujah. But I just want to praise the Lord and just give thanks this morning for all that he has done through Pastor Bank and Pastor Sharon and how God has been faithful for all the, the things. You know, I know to build a ministry like this, there's battles that, that you have to fight. There's many things you have to overcome. And it's only the faithful that do that. Amen? So I just, just lift our hands and just give thanks this morning for what God has done in this place. Amen? And then turn around, give somebody a big hug, tell them how good looking they are. Amen. Am I loud Amen. Well, so good to be with you this morning and to see uh, many of our River of Life friends that are here this morning. Excited to see all of you. We had a great time yesterday in the seminar, and I just believe, you know, as we were praying at the end of the seminar yesterday, I felt like the Lord just came on me, the Holy Spirit, and just spoke to me that God's raising up paymasters through those folks that were there yesterday, and that's exciting. I want to thank Brother Bank for honoring us and having my wonderful wife, Pam. Pam, would you stand up, honey? We're excited to be with you this morning. We know this, that without the power of the Holy Spirit, nothing can change, nothing can happen. He is the agent of change. You know, Brother Bank was talking about more is caught than taught. You know, and as you were praying for the young folks this morning that are going to Haiti, you know, they caught that. They caught that. That's it. The spirit, the power and the spirit of that is in you, and it's just transferred everywhere. I just feel it in this place. I tell you, the atmosphere this morning is just charged with the presence of the Holy Spirit. You know, and, and one thing I've found over my years of ministry is people sell themselves short. And when you find a place where you can, you can grow and you can glow, amen, with the presence of God in your life, it's a wonderful place. I want you to turn with me this morning over to the book of Hebrews, the fourth chapter. This morning, I want to talk about faith for restoration. You know, I, I wrote a book, actually, it's out there uh, available this morning, and it's called Keys to Restoration. In that book, I share my, my own story and where God brought me from that was absolutely from nowhere and how God has worked in my life to change me even through tragedy and circumstances, how God showed up. How many of you know the Lord will show up in the midst of your tragedy? Amen. And he will bring you out with a strong arm. I want to share a scripture with you this morning. It's uh, Hebrews 4.1. It says, let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left us to entering into his rest, any of you should come short of it. Now, that scripture amazes me because God tells us in 
most places in the scriptures that we shouldn't fear. One of my favorite scriptures, Isaiah 41, 10, he says, fear not for I'm with you. How many of you know if God's with you, you don't have to be afraid of anything? That's right. In another place, he said in Matthew, he said, straightway Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And so I've learned over my life many times, you know, in, in fighting battles and people coming against us, you can't be afraid of people. Because if you're afraid of people, you'll never be a success. How many of you know that God wants you to be a success? Tell somebody, God wants you to be a success. You know, so to me, it's like the barking of the haters assures me that God has something out there for me. You know, when I was growing up, you know, the more they bark, the more it indicates that there's something there. When I was growing up, my dad was a coon hunter. Now, I don't know if any of you know what that is, but, but I, I'm figuring that probably a few of you do. And my dad, would, he had these dogs, and he'd take them out at night, and he had these buddies that'd be four or five dogs, and uh, they'd just turn these dogs loose in the woods, and these dogs would go along, and every once in a while, you'd hear a little woof, you know, and then and a few minutes later, you're woof, woof, woof. You know, they're on, they're on a scent. They're on to something. And you know, when, when you listen, my dad said, he's on it, he's on it, he's on it, boys. And, and a few minutes later, you'd hear the dog go, woo! He said, he's got him treed. It's up to tree. And that's where the treasure's at. And you know, that's like a lot of these people, these haters that are out there barking at you. You know, they'll lead you right to the treasure every time. <laughs> Hallelujah. They'll lead you to what God wants you to have because, and the amazing thing is, they don't want you near it, but they lead you to it. How many of you know that if you'll just hang in there, God will lead you to what he wants you to have every time? And you know, so if they hadn't barked so loud, I wouldn't have known it was there. But because they barked so loud, they led me right to God's best, you know? And so, when we talk about fear, God says, let us fear that we would live and die and not reach the promise of God. If there's anything in your life that you should fear is not receiving all that God has for you. How many of you know that God has an inheritance for you? And I've always said that a man's not ready to live until he's ready to die. And you're not ready to die until you've, re you've received your full inheritance from God. Somebody say amen. You know, what I'm afraid of is that I would exist without living. You know, and, and let the fear of others and, and the fear of circumstances, the, the fear of rejection or the fear of myself push me further and further back from God, what God has for me. I, I don't want to ever be in that place in my life. I want to receive, before I leave this place, and I've been around a while, I want to know that I've received everything that God has for me. You know, I found that most people live in the, the wilderness of uncertainty. You know, and they go through life saying, I'd have built it, but I wasn't sure. I'd have seized it, but I wasn't sure. I'd have had it. Matter of fact, I was close to it, but I just wasn't sure. I'd have mastered it, but I didn't because I just wasn't sure. How many of you know that God wants you to be sure of his promises? 
Amen. Somebody shout amen in this place today. You know, so don't let your fear hold you back from what God has for you. He said, let us fear lest the promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should fall short of it. God said, you got to watch that you don't fall short of what I have for you. Amen. The exciting message this morning is God's got so much more for you than you could ever realize. Eye has not seen or ear heard or even entered into the heart of man the things that God has in store for him. Say, God has an abundance in store for me. So, you know, most people, you know, they live their life, Brother Bank, fearing the wrong thing. They fear the obstacles that they have to face more than the one that gave them the promise. You know, so don't, don't spend the latter days of your life, you know, wondering if you could have or, or, or if you should have. You know, because you were afraid that, maybe you weren't good enough or you weren't smart enough, you know, or that you weren't strong enough. You know, I'm not the smartest guy in the bunch. I'm not. But when I hear God tell me to do something, I just jump in and do it. I say, okay, God, it's up to you because I don't know how to do this. I've never done this before. I've never gone this place before, but Lord, I just believe that you're gonna lead me. How many of you know that God will lead you and guide you into his blessings? God will lead you and guide you into the place where he wants you to be, and there's obstacles along the way, but you can't fear those obstacles because God's already taken care of that for you. Somebody say, praise the Lord. You know, so I don't want to spend my life wondering if I could have. And I don't want to wind up someplace and sitting on some bedpan wondering what if. What, what if I'd have just pushed a little bit farther? Or what if I'd have just pressed in a little bit further? You know, the Apostle Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. I got to press in. How many of you know it's not easy? You gotta press in. It's possible, but it's not easy. All things are possible with God, and if you'll just press in, you'll, you'll receive God's best and God's highest in your life. And the one thing I appreciate about Pastor Bank is he's a guy that will press. He'll press in if God tells him something. I remember those times when you came to my office. I remember, I, I can remember the look on his face still today. He just knew that I was going to say launch and go. And he was, he was just so full of the Holy Spirit. But he had to get to the place in his life where nothing was going to stop him. The last time he came in my office, I knew he's going to go. <laughs> I might as well give him my blessing. <laughs> this guy is so full, he can't hold it in anymore. I said, Brother Bank, it's time. It's time for you to go and launch. And I remember Sister Sharon called me up on the phone. Pastor Bob, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure? I said, Sister Sharon, I'm sure. You know what she said? That's all I need to hear. That was it. And they launched and they never they never looked back. 
They didn't have anything to hang on to but their faith. But how many of you know that faith is enough? Come on, tell somebody, faith is enough. That's all they had. They didn't have any money. They didn't have any invitations. They didn't even know what the next step was. All they knew is that they were going to take the next step. And when they took that step, God showed them the next step and the next step. And those steps have taken them completely around the world because they obeyed God and did not give in to their fears. How many of you know if you won't give in to your fears, God will take you to places you never even imagined you could go? Hallelujah. The last thing I want to do is live and die with those kind of questions in my heart. What if? What if I'd have done it? The Bible says, let us fear that something God left us, we'd fall short of it. Make up your mind this morning that you're not going to fall short of what God has called you to do. I did a, an eBay seminar yesterday and showed people how to do that. I started doing that just kind of as, as a hobby, selling things around the house, and then I saw a real possibility. You know, you can actually make money doing this. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't really even know how to start. I just kind of stumbled into it. And the next thing you know, I'm making a six-figure income out of, out of eBay. And I said, God, I can show other people how to do it. And it's amazing how people have caught on to this. You know, we tell people God wants you to be blessed, but a lot of times you just don't have the tools to be blessed. It's amazing how people have caught on to this and how their lives have been turned around. I'm going to tell you, you don't have to know anything. You just have to get out there and do it, and God will just show you along the way. That's how I've learned most everything I've done. I've just learned as I go. And God's been faithful. Come on, say God is faithful. You know, the problem is the church is full of settlers. You know, and they just, settlers are just, they're people like they're afraid of the opposition. You know, they're, they're afraid, more afraid of the obstacles than the one that's called them to greatness. How many of you know that God's, God's called you to greatness? Yes. Come on, say, God, there's greatness on the inside of me. Come on, say it with me. There's, there's greatness on the inside of me. You know, so refuse to be one of those settlers. You know, you just got to gotta tune out those words of failure that come to you. And when that fear comes, you just got to tune it out and know that God is greater. Amen. That God is able, you know. So I know millions leave this life, you know, without ever even experiencing the inheritance that God has for them. I don't want to be one of those people. I've, been, I've lived too long and done too much to stop now. God is faithful, amen? So, you know, the good news is, is this not too late for you? You're still here. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You're not sitting in some nursing home somewhere amen. wondering what if. You have an opportunity today to be everything God created you to be. How many of you, just let me, how many of you have dreams in your heart this morning that haven't been fulfilled yet? You hadn't done. You can say, I know I haven't done everything that God's called me to do. I'm going to tell you, be one of those people 
that follows the dreams of your heart and does everything that God's put on the inside of you, you know, because you're still here and there's still time, you know. So don't let Satan talk you out of being the best husband, the best wife, the best businessman, or the best the best Christian that, that you can be. Don't be mediocre. Make a decision today that you're going to reach the top of where God wants you to be. And start right now, today, make up your mind and don't look back and don't let jealous, hateful people or the devil talk you out of being what God created you to be. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap in here this morning. I tell you, people, for everything that God tells you to do, there'll always be people out there telling you, you can't do it. There'll always be people out there, jealous people. They know you can do it, but they'll tell you that you can't do it because they're afraid that you're going to step out and you're going to do something. You know, and so they're, they're jealous, they're hateful, they'll talk down at you, but I'm going to tell you the best of them are no better than you. Jesus said, he that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. You know, but if you're going to just throw stones at me, you just got to know you're no better than me. If you're going to tell me about the mote in my eye, just know while you're doing it, there's a board in your eye. I don't care who they are. They can talk about you. They can lie about you. They can say anything about you, but they're no better than you are. Amen. God created you in his image and in his likeness, not in somebody else's image and somebody else's likeness. Because you don't follow them or you're not controlled by them. I'm going to tell you, they'll try to stop you every time. But God is there this morning, just like he's here this morning, encouraging you to be the best that you can be. And don't let fear stop you. Come on, tell somebody, don't let fear stop you from being what God wants you to be. Then he, he brings up the Old Testament saints. Thank you. Bring me a glass of water too, would you please? He brings up these Old Testament saints. And he said, in Hebrews 4, 2, he says, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached didn't profit them. Watch this. The word, the word preached didn't profit. Say profit. It didn't profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. And so here in this scripture, he talks about profit. How many of you know that God wants you to profit? Mind if I take this off? Say profit. profit. I mean, you know, profit's not a bad word. <laughs> profit's a good word. But the Holy Spirit in this scripture says they didn't profit. Profit is what you have left after the transaction's done. It's not what you got, it's what you have left that counts. If you're broke, you're unprofitable. If you broke even, you're unprofitable. 
You understand? You can only determine profit after you subtract all the liabilities. You line up all your assets, you subtract all your liabilities, and what you got left is profit. How many of you can say this morning that you have a little profit? Maybe not as much as you want. God wants you to have a lot of profit. How many of you know God's not against profit? He wants you to be blessed. Say, God wants me to be blessed. So it says these people in the wilderness didn't profit. God doesn't like it when you don't profit. He wants you to be blessed. He wants your family to be blessed. He wants you to have enough. As a matter of fact, he wants you to have more than enough. So it, it doesn't say that they didn't have a transaction in the wilderness. They did. doesn't say that there wasn't any conflict. There was conflict. doesn't even say there wasn't victories. There was victories. But prophets determined not by how well you fight, not how long you stood, or even how many victories you had. Prophets determine by what you got left when it's all over. When I was a, a kid, I had this, this band, and we sang a song, 99 and a half is not enough. You got to have 100. Do you remember? Some of you remember that. Some of you are looking at me. When was that written? <laughs> You got to stay in faith till the end. You got to stay there until you have a breakthrough. You have to, having done all, you have to still stand. And you have to know that what God has promised, he's also able to perform. You got to know that when the enemy comes in like a flood, that God will raise up a standard against him. You've got to know that because when all hell breaks against you and everybody around you leaves you and people you thought believed in you don't no longer believe in you, you've got to still stand. And if you'll stand, I guarantee you, God will give you a breakthrough. God will bring you through to the other side. Somebody say Amen. We had a young man in our church, just thinking of Christopher Pilate. His parents brought him one Sunday. A couple of our members that had invited his parents, and little Christopher was four years old, and he had a brain tumor. And the tumor had wrapped itself into his brain stem, and it was inoperable. And they came to the church that morning looking for a miracle. How many of you know there's a lot of people that need miracles? You know, and when they've come to the end of the rope, even those that didn't believe in God will ask God for a miracle. They came to church that morning. The mom was Jewish. The dad was a backslidden Baptist, away from God. Their son just given two months to live. And that, that morning, they came to the altar. We led them both to Christ, the relationship with Jesus Christ. I laid hands on their little son, and I began to prophesy that this, this sickness wouldn't be unto death, that God was going to heal this young man. It looked impossible. The doctors already said it was impossible. 
How many of you know impossible is not in God's vocabulary? They said it was impossible. Has, it, has anybody ever told you that something's impossible, that it can't be done? They said it's impossible. This kid's got two months to live. You might as well face it. And you might as well get ready. I said, don't listen to that. Don't listen to the naysayers. God has a plan. Your son's going to live, and he's not going to die. When I, told him, when I told him that the enemy immediately attacked me, who do you think you are? What if, the, what if this kid dies? How disappointed they're going to be in God and his parents. And I had to fight those thoughts back myself. You understand? You're, you're, you're in a faith fight. And now I involve myself in the fight. How many of you know it's a good thing when God's people come along beside you? It's, I'm going to stand with you. You know, when you tell somebody you're going to stand with them, that means you're going to fight with them. You understand? And so now the enemy's attacking me. And the mother calls me up two weeks later and said, I thought my son was going to get better. He's getting worse. I didn't say he was going to get better. I said he was going to live and he wasn't going to die. I didn't tell you anything. I don't know anything other than he's going to live and he's not going to die. No matter what the enemy does, I don't care if he takes his last breath, he's going to take another one. He's going to live and he's not going to die. They took him up north. And Dr. Ben Carson was a neurosurgeon that operated on him, opened him up, looked at him. Nothing, he said, there's nothing we can do. Closed him up and said, this kid needs a miracle. The mom called me up and he said, Dr. Carson said there was nothing they could do that now had him on a respiration, breathing machines, and he couldn't breathe on his own, couldn't function on his own. Mom said, the doctor said within 24 hours he'll be dead. I said, you go in that room and you walk around that bed and you command that mountain of death to lift off of him in the name of Jesus because God said he was going to live and he wasn't going to die. I know that Dr. Carson's a great doctor. I know there's a great team around him, but they can only do so much, but nothing is impossible with God. Hallelujah. She went in there and she began to pray, stayed in there and prophesied and prayed and spoke the word over him. And the next morning he came out of his coma. I said he came out of his coma. The first words out of his mouth was, I'm hungry. <laughs> Hallelujah. From that point on, he started getting better. They reported to Dr. Carson what was going on. He came back in. He said, we got to run some tests. Oh, what I didn't tell you is when we prayed for him that morning, we cursed the tumor and commanded it to die. That tumor hung on as long as it could. It wasn't about to let go until God said, let him go. Loose him and let him go. 
Dr. Carson opened him up and he said, it's the strangest thing. I've never seen anything like it before. God's healing somebody right over here in this section right now while I'm talking. Receive your healing in Jesus' name. It's the strangest thing. I've never seen anything like this before. It looks to me like this tumor died. It let loose. It's still intertwined in his brain stem, but it's let loose. And he went in and operated and pulled it out with tweezers, just pulled out that dead tumor. And God supernaturally, somebody say supernaturally. supernaturally. Nothing natural, it was supernatural and healed that young man. And then they said, well, even if he lives, he's going to have brain damage. He didn't have any brain damage. He, he's a sharp, young, young man. God worked a miracle that day. And I can stand here this morning, and I can tell you miracle after miracle after miracle, but they don't happen unless you stay in the faith fight. Put your hand on your head and say, I believe. <laughs> I believe that what God has promised me, he'll do for me. Every action requires an equal and opposite reaction. When God sends out his word, he expects a reaction. Amen? And if you send out God's word without expectation, it won't profit you. I don't care how full of the words you are, you know, I've heard people over the years, you know, talking about some backslidden person. They know the word. You can, you can quote the Bible. But if you don't have faith in the power of the Holy Ghost, it won't profit you. So you have to mix. What the Scripture is telling us here is they didn't mix faith with the word. And you got, you, you got to mix them. Before I left the hotel, I'm fixing myself a cup of coffee. I mean, like a nice cup of coffee in the morning. And, and I like cream in my coffee. And so I fix the coffee, and then I take this little creamer and pour the creamer in the coffee. And I'm looking around for something to stir it with, and I can't find anything to stir it up with. And it just ain't right. It, unless you get it stirred, it doesn't taste right. The ingredients are there. The coffee's fine. The cream's fine. But it's not mixed up. You got to mix it. If you don't mix it, you're just drinking off the top of the blessing. But if you mix it up, it's delicious. Hallelujah. It tastes so good. And so, you know, until I mixed it up, I just wasn't satisfied. When I got it mixed, I found a little straw in there and mixed it with a straw. They don't do a good job, but, you know, you got to keep mixing it. Finally, I stuck my finger in there a little bit. <laughs> Get it mixed up. So, if it's not mixed, it's just not the same, is it? Nothing wrong with the contents. The word and faith, they're not the mixer. 
They're the ingredients. You understand? You're the mixer. You know, faith is the ingredient, words the ingredient, and when you put them together, they produce the product. They produce what God wants you to have, you know. It's like, it's like baking a cake. You know, you put in the flour, you put in the eggs, and you put in the butter, and you put in the sugar, and then, then the mix process has to happen. Come on, say mix process. Yes. You know, that's where so many Christians miss it. They, they miss out on the mix. You know, so when you mix them all together, it turns into something else. You understand? It's not what it was. It's what it's supposed to be. Some people's living in what it is instead of what it's supposed to be. How many of you know God wants you to live in what he created for you and not just on Get By Avenue? When I was a young boy, my mom would make cake and she didn't have an electric mixer. She was the mixer. And she, she put in the eggs and she put in the flour, put in the sugar, and she put all that stuff in there in a big bowl. And then she had this wooden spoon and then she'd kind of get this stance and she put the bowl right there. When I saw that, I knew it was coming. I couldn't wait, because I know I'm going to get to lick that bowl. <laughs> you couldn't get me to, listen, you couldn't get me to touch it before it was mixed. But when it got mixed up, it was delicious. And she'd get there, and she'd stir that up, and then she'd scrape it all out in the pan. I'm there, and I just, just couldn't wait, you know, to get a hold of that, because once it was mixed up, it was delicious, you know. And that's the way it is with God. You got to mix faith with the Word. And when you do that, it's delightful. It's amazing what God can do if we'll just give Him the chance to do it, you know. So we mix His faith. And I tell you, mixing faith with the Word is the hardest thing you'll ever do. It's easy for me to stand here and talk about it this morning, but when you're out there and all hell's coming against you, when you're fighting these battles, when you call your friend up on the prayer line, nobody answers, or they're too busy, and you're trying to get somebody to stand with you, believe with you, help you, sometimes it's just you and God. And I found that when it's deduced down to just me and God, God's enough. Come on, God's enough. He's more than enough. He will help you get through your circumstances, you know? And so then what I have to do is I just have to put faith in the bowl. And I have to put word in the bowl, and I just got to keep stirring it. And after I've done all I know to do, I got to just keep standing. I know that I'm going to see the salvation of the Lord. I know that God is going to bring me through. I remember one time I was going to Cuba, and uh, we was going to take Christmas to the churches in Cuba, and uh, I'd already committed to several churches. We were going to do this, and a couple or orphanages I was working with over there, and 
I made that commitment. It was like all hell broke loose against my ministry. People stopped sending money. I wasn't getting the support. I was getting payment. I was staying in the kitchen. We're saying, we don't know what we're going to do. Have you ever been in that place, Brother Bain? We don't know what we're going to do. We made, and I, I thought, you know, well, maybe I just need to write him and, and cancel this. And I felt the Holy Ghost, as soon as that came out of my mouth, you better not do that. You better not do what you promised those people. I told Pam, I said, honey, I promised them that we were going to do it. So the next morning I got down and I was down in my basement. Was, my office was down in my basement. And I got down in the basement down where my office was. And I was down there praying, Brother Bank. And I was, I was praying. I was looking at my Bible, you know, and trying to, trying to find a scripture, you know. <laughs> just jump off the page you know, and, and speak to me. And I looked down and said, and Judas went out and hung himself. I said that. <laughs> That's not it. <laughs> That's not the one. <laughs> I mean, you know, the devil could quote scripture. <laughs> I prayed that morning, I tell you, heaven felt like brass. I was trying to get a breakthrough, and it just like the heavier it got. And I got down on my knees by the chair, and I opened up my Bible, turned to the book of Acts. In the Spirit of God, I dropped down and looked at it, and it says that when the snake attached itself to the Apostle Paul. Have you ever had a snake attach itself to you? When the snake attached itself to the apostle Paul, I'm talking about a devil snake, not a real one. Some of you look at him, no. <laughs> Says he shook it off and he felt no harm. And the spirit of God said, get up and shake it off. I said, really? <laughs> you want me to get up and shake? He said, yeah, get up and shake it off. I got up, you know, and I said, I got to obey what God said to do. I got up and I went. <laughs> Spirit of God said, you call that shaking? I said, shake it off. So I went. <laughs> he said, that's not good enough. He said, think about a snake on your hand. What are you going to do? I went. <laughs> I started shaking, and the more I shook, the more anointed, <laughs> the more anointed I got. <laughs> I'm shaking down there. <laughs> if anybody had come down there and seen me, <laughs> they said, "Poor brother Bob, <laughs> the stress got to him." <laughs> but I'm telling you, I was having a breakthrough. God came through. When I got down, I went upstairs. I said, honey, the need's been met. It's all taken care of. Pam said, who gave the money? <laughs> I don't know. All I know is it's coming. Everything's going to be all right because I shook it off.
<laughs> she said you what? <laughs> I went to the mailbox the next few days, and my P.O. box was full of checks. We had more than enough. Buy all the presents, do everything we needed to do. God is faithful. Come on, tell somebody. God is faithful. But you got to keep, you got to mix that faith with the word. Having done all stand, you got to hang in there, and you got to let God do. You got to let God do His thing, you know. And so, when there's a struggle in your life, you just got to believe. Uh, you know, when 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 you're up against the wall in your life, you ever been there? You just you just got to keep standing, and you just got to believe. You know, when things don't good look good, you get laid off, or you get laid up. Things are not going right in your life. Seems like nothing's working. You got to still believe. Come on, lift your hands and say, I believe. I believe. Come on, say it like you mean it. I believe. I believe. Maybe shake your hands a little bit. Oh, that's beautiful. Say, I believe. I believe. Jesus said, have faith in God. And he says, if you do, 